This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew 1, Matthew 1, 18-25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Now, when I was a kid, around kindergarten, first grade, we lived in Alaska, and our school had this huge sledding hill, and it was always fun to go to, and to go out to recess uh, and use that hill, and it was very convenient to have a big sledding hill, because in Alaska, most of the year is winter, so that worked out really well. And I remember having a particular dream where I was on this sledding hill, racing down the hill, and suddenly... Either the hill disappeared or I went off a cliff and I was falling and falling and falling. I was a bright kid. I knew that if you die in your dream, then you'll never wake up. So I, I was sure to wake up. But this happened to me more than once. This dream kind of happened several times. Not very fun. <laughs> I've had another dream, uh, a little bit older where I show up to a church that I don't know and suddenly found out, find out I'm the guest preacher. But I have no idea what the text is. I don't have any notes. And suddenly they're like, oh, welcome, Pastor Brian, you're on. <laughs> also not that fun. Wondering if there's a dream that you've had over the years that has stood out or that has been recurring. Only that's appropriate for sharing. (laughs) Any takers? All right, I got one. Um, I had a a dream when I was very young that my brother, my little brother, my baby brother, was had fallen into a well, Mm. and I had to reach to pull him out, and it it made me wake up screaming. And this was when I was probably. In second grade, yeah. he was a baby. 
My brother then, at 57 years old, did die drunk. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I saw another hand. Oh, it's pretty, I think it's kind of common on something. But I'm in school and I show up in class and haven't done my homework. But also, yes. I'm reflecting on my schedule and realize there are classes I hadn't shown up for at all. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yes. And, and, and there's kind of a thing of, I, I can't figure it out. I can't kind of quiet myself and get organized and that kind of Yes, I have had a similar one that I'm in college in psychology class, which I did take a psychology class, and I, I haven't done any of the reading, and it's like, you know, I've had this stuff due, and how come I didn't know this, and there's no way I can catch up, and it just gives you that, oh, you know, that feeling that's not, not very fun. Well, when, uh, why humans dream remains really, in some ways, one of behavioral science's great unanswered questions, right? Maybe dreams are trying to send us messages, uh, maybe messages about self-improvement, maybe warnings about the future, or maybe something else. The ancient world saw dreams uh, primarily as providing religious or spiritual messages from the divine. In the Middle Ages, dreams were seen as an interpretation of good or evil, and over the last century, um, or a century ago or so, Freud, Jung, and Adler became fascinated by the relationship between the unconscious and conscious thoughts and what might be trying to manifest itself uh, through our dreams. Many uh, researchers now believe that dreaming mediates memory consolidation and mood regulation, kind of like an overnight therapy session, maybe. <laughs> Um, other theories suggest that dreams help us process difficult thoughts, emotions, and experiences in order to boost psychological well-being on awakening. That sounds okay. There's a lot of theories, but nothing is quite, you know, exact or nailed down. It is a little bit of a mystery of the human experience. One psychologist says she asked her daughter uh, once, or no, her daughter asked her, her let me get this right. Her daughter asked her, Mommy, where did dreams come from? And she was only six years old, and so she said, Well, honey, what do you think? And after reflection, this daughter gravely announced, All day long, things happen, and we didn't have time to think about them. I think dreams are the thoughts that didn't have time to get thunk during the day. It's not too bad for a six-year-old. It's not too bad. Right. So, bottom line, dreams are somewhat mysterious. There's lots of ideas about their meaning. Now, as we all know, the word dream has more than one meaning, maybe fittingly. Right? Because of the dreams that happen at night while we're sleeping, but there's also the dreams of the aspiration sort, or the goal, or the ideal. Right? When they say follow your dreams, they don't mean go jump off a cliff. Right? That was referring to my dream. So. <clears throat> right, but when they say follow your dreams, it's that second idea of dreams. And I used to dream that I'd be a big league ball player, but when I kept getting put ninth in the batting order because of too many strike threes, you know, it's time to move on to other dreams. 
But all of us, I think, have dreams of the aspirations. Sort of certain kind of career, perhaps. Relationship, family situation, house, place to live. And no doubt Joseph, in our text, had such dreams as well. And of course, the name Joseph already conjures up in the Hebrew mind the idea of dreams. Right? If you remember Joseph from the book of Genesis, right? Notoriously had vivid dreams and was derisively called by his brothers, you dreamer. And his dreams initially got him into trouble. It later got him out of trouble. But nevertheless, right, an auspicious name for this character at the outset of the story that Matthew is telling. So no doubt Joseph, our Joseph here in Matthew chapter 1, dreamed of having a family and of getting married. And on the verge of that happening, disaster strikes. His wife is discovered to be pregnant before they are to be married. And I'm not here to tell you how this happened or didn't happen. What you believe about that, I think, is, is up to you. But the point is, right, regardless of how it happened, it is a social disaster. <clears throat> it's a dream killer. He's going to have to end this thing to avoid disgrace. He's going to have to break things off with Mary. Dreams dashed. But then Joseph lives up to his name and has a dream of another sort. The text says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and told him, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In other words, this dream at night in the Advent dark, told him that his dream of the aspiration sort wasn't over. He was still going to get married, become a father, have a family. But it was more than that. It was more than that because there was something sacred and special about this child. The Holy Spirit was involved, and this child would save his people from their sins. Now, we can get hung up on that phrase, right? Save his people from their sins. Sounds a little too religious-y, perhaps, to our ears. It doesn't sound that relevant to our lives. Um, and I think that's partly because we often translate this, at least mentally, he will save people from their personal, religious, and moral failings. As if Jesus' main goal was to save people who didn't attend church enough or swear too much, or cheat on their taxes, or drive without a seatbelt, or something of that sort. But maybe we can think of this more broadly. Because you see, we have to remember that this whole Christmas event right, takes place against the backdrop of Roman imperialism and occupation. And there were claims made by emperors to be God with us, and to be saviors of the people, Same claims we hear, right, in the Gospels, assigned to Jesus. So the Gospels are presenting a counter-narrative, a counter-claim to Roman supremacy and divinity. 
the story that Matthew is telling is that, in fact, the way of empire is not the highest way. The way of casting humanity into hierarchies of value, of creating huge economic divides, of fighting for peace through violence, these are not alignment, in alignment with God's dream for the world. And so what if we broaden sins to include communal and social sins? Because that just might be more than relevant. Consider that in this country, by most counts considered to be the most wealthy country in the world, they're estimated to be over a half a million people experiencing homelessness. Over half a million. Or that a hundred million people or so in America are saddled with medical debt. A hundred million! That's almost a third of us. That's insane. But very real. And so perhaps Jesus came to save his people and us from exploitative ways of being human together, of being in community together. Exploitative ways that leave vast hierarchies of haves and have-nots. And so what if saving them meant that showing that true well-being would come from following Jesus into an alternative way of being in community together? They needed the saving of that sort then, and we still do today. And so the question that may come to us in the stillness of Advent, in the quiet of night when we're alone with our dreams, is how well do our dreams align with God's dream? That's normal to have dreams centered around our lives and those closest to us and how all of that will play out, right? Of course, it's very natural that our dreams and goals are that way. But what if our dreams were to expand and include the well-being of our neighbor? of all of creation, even the earth itself. Joseph has a dream, and he changes course. One writer puts it this way, Joseph is awakened by his dream. I like that way of putting it. He's awakened by his dream. The old poet William Butler Yeats said, In dreams begins responsibility. In dreams begin responsibility. And so what happens when we dream, along with Jesus, of a new humanity led by welcome, peace, care, and love? A humanity that cared for each member of its society from the greatest to the least, regardless of age, ability, race, background, economic status, religion, orientation, or identity. What if we allowed ourselves to dream in that way? I came across this quote the other day that I love and really speaks to me a glimpse of this. It's by the author and activist Starhawk, who writes about Earth-based spirituality. And so I'm perhaps even inviting you just to close your eyes and listen to her words. And just see if you can capture a, a glimpse of this vision, this dream that she casts. Community, 
somewhere there are people whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate with us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter. A circle of healing. A circle of friends. Somewhere we can be free. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I wonder if perhaps the invitation on this week of Christmas is to again enter into the darkness and stillness of night. For it is there that we will find a child, yes, a child born long ago, but who still comes to us today. And it's his way of ancient wisdom rooted in love that about the kind of community that we can create, one that we perhaps have only been dreaming of. Amen. Maybe so. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.